3: The CIA, lots of drugs, and even Call of Duty. Manuel Noriega is a name that most haven't heard of, but when you look at the story, it's really one that you should know. He was the de facto leader of Panama throughout the 1980s, a CIA informant, and a close ally of Pablo Escobar. Yet, in 1989, Bush Sr. ordered the invasion of Panama in an effort to oust Noriega. My name's Cam, otherwise known as Mr. Mitchell History. In this episode, we look at the rise and fall of Panama's Manuel Noriega, and the CIA's involvement in all of this. If you're liking this podcast, you can get access to our other weekly Patreon-exclusive podcast for just $1.50 a month. If you don't have the cash, a free way you can help is by giving us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If we get 65 ratings by the next episode, or at least one of those episodes for free. Or at least one of those episodes for free. And today's story actually begins with America. Welcome back to Infowars.com. Today, we're looking at the CIA.
4: Are we on the right podcast? (laughs) We're basically
3: Alex Jones now. We've done like three CIA out of six episodes. True. True. We're looking at Panama today. I'll ask you this
1: question to begin with. Mm. Could you point to Panama on a map? I'd have a good guess, yeah. Yeah? I think Panama Canal, Mm -hmm. right? That's what... So, like, in between South America and North America, I'd look for the canal. (laughs) (laughs)
4: yeah I don't know (laughs) does does anyone know anything else
1: looking for the root (laughs) canal
4: (laughs) (laughs) that was that's (laughs) where my mind went
3: do you think of when you think of Panama do you think of season three from prison break
1: yeah I do that's exactly what I think of (laughs) (laughs) so
4: Panama is famous for canal and prison break that's that's
1: what's the prison called Sona yeah I haven't seen it in a long long time yeah. Just when you think they got out, they went right back in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> season, like Prison Break, without trying to give too many spoilers away. Mm. Have you seen... I haven't seen When It Came Back onwards, but I remember... I, I it watched, was
1: good. It was a good comeback. I, oh, was yep. it? Yeah. Because I watched Better it... Better than
3: probably season three. Yeah, I watched it, well, maybe 2015, I'm mm. guessing. And season one is amazing. Oh, pink. And season, peak. season two is also really good. Mm. And are like, well, that worked. Yeah. Let's do the same thing, just <laughs> different <laughs> different <laughs> part of the Americas and
4: <laughs> repeat those two seasons. Yeah. Um, Wait, so, sorry, they, do they get out? When do they...?
1: So, all of season one, they're in prison, Ben, mm. basically. Yeah. And, I mean, what happens? They break out. Yeah. Season two, they're on the run. Uh,
4: sure, sure. Yeah. So, the prison breaking is done by season one.
3: And then they're back. So you thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. The plot, and then the it's kind of like like Michael Jordan's The Last Dance is mm. the end of season four and it's like one last prison break for good old times. Yeah, I see, and yeah.
4: So they're sort of There's playing like baseball whole, in seasons yeah. two and three. They're kind of a <laughs> bit of a
1: diversion before Is There's he- this whole conspiracy subplot as well that's like there the whole time. It's, yeah, mental. Wow, okay. Mm. So we are going to talk about a guy called
3: Manuel Noriega. Guessing you haven't heard of him before. No. We need to begin our Noriega chat with actually the Panama Canal because this makes Panama a strategically very important part of the Americas. So, Panama, you know what country it used to be a part of? Mexico. Good guess. Not Mexico. You've been a guess. Uh, Costa Rica. Wow. Oh, it's me. next door to Costa Rica. This is a pretty unfair podcast. I'm like, hey, point to this place oh, on the map and <laughs> name which country a niche, Central American mm. country used to be part of. Uh, it actually used to be part of Colombia.
1: Oh, mm. That was my Third guess. Ah, I
4: should have, known, should have known if it's... We're talking about the drug trade, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar will pop up in today. Mm. So it is kind of a corridor between Central America and South America. And so the economic opportunity in Panama was all about the canal. And basically there was nearly something of a canal that went through Panama, which allowed access between the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. And so basically that created a lot of economic opportunity. So basically the Americans were keen to capitalize on this because this would make their shipping a lot easier. And so they kind of proposed a deal to Colombia where they could kind of work on the canal. So originally it was the French who were working on the canal and for the French, they kind of lost traction and they lost investment and they gave up on the project. So America kind of stepped in because it gave them a huge economic opportunity and said, Hey, can you give us the canal? We'll build it. And then we'll take control of the canal. And they originally struck a deal with Colombia where for $10 million a year, they would finish the canal off and have control of the canal and they would give that money to Colombia. That deal didn't get through the Colombian Senate. And so basically America decided, you know what? We'll back the rebels and we'll back the Panamanian rebels, these guys who want independence and we'll support them in getting their independence. When Panama eventually gets its independence from Colombia, who gives them the canal? The new Panamanian government does. And... This is really important context because Panama, it seems like a really niche country and a really insignificant Central American country, but it gets a lot of American attention because of this canal that connects the two oceans together. Mm. So we haven't mentioned Manuel Noriega in this chat. Basically, Noriega, he comes on the scene in the 1950s. And basically, first we know about him. So we know that he was an illegitimate child. We know that he wanted to be a doctor. So an illegitimate... It was, uh basically was born out of wedlock and his oh, sure. father had an affair. He was a, he was a bastard. Yes. I believe with his, with his cleaner. And so mm. basically Panama and he was kind of an outcast within his own family because of that. His dad wanted nothing to do with him. And so Panama was a, was quite a nepotistic society and it was all based around who you knew rather than what you knew. Hear had a fair yeah, bit, yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much like the Australian economy today. Um, <laughs> In any any industry, (laughs) so you know. (laughs) Mm. And so, yeah, he didn't have a great LinkedIn game. And basically, (laughs) this drove him towards the military, as that was his best kind of career prospect. At the same time, we don't know how, and I'd love to know how, he gets on the CIA's payroll. This is as early as the 1950s. And he gets a big fat check of $10 to report on socialist youth groups in Panama. It's not much it's
4: not. <laughs> how much do you reckon that would be today like oh when was it what was the date again
3: uh 55
4: okay maybe 30 bucks <laughs> i don't
3: know <laughs> that was a lot of money back then you gotta understand that yeah. ten dollars buy- yeah,
1: could buy, could buy a house back then like other things it's like a one-time payment yeah one-time pay oh sorry no, a yearly payment ten dollars oh, okay no, it's, his, it's his contract
0: Yes, salary. his retainer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so he'd get paid $10 a year to basically report on socialist youth groups in Panama.
1: I can't even get a Vietnamese roll for $10. Mm. I yeah, bought I had- one today. It cost me $11. 12 actually. I um. got the
3: crispy pork. Hey, that should be, instead of the basket of goods, that should be the
1: measurement of inflation. Vietnamese is- <laughs> rolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think in- it varies on suburb to suburb as well.
4: Is that yeah. like in standard, like, we no longer pin the value of money to gold anymore, right? It's to <laughs> partay. <role. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's a pate based economy.
3: <laughs> my uh, my local Vietnamese bakery that that was so when I finished the HSC, my cel- celebratory meal was golden hot bread in Crinola.
1: Oh, okay. Wow.
3: They they closed down. That's totally yeah yeah so um,
1: yeah.
3: It is it is really sad. But yeah. Noriega, he essentially, he's on the CIA's payroll and he's an informant. He's also an informant for. Uh, the socialist movement in Panama, and a group called the Torrios Military School in Peru. So that was kind of like a socialist military school that would train people up in how to carry out revolutions. And so the CIA pays him to actually start reporting on all of that. He's not very important in the 50s and the 60s. Where he does become really important is in the year 1968, because a guy called Omar Torrios is about to come to power, and Noriega is the chief informant on Omar Torrios. So, we love coups on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Big big coup fans.
4: Mm-hmm. 1960- for, for legal reasons, we're not big
3: coup. <laughs> <laughs> 1968. Omar Torrijos comes to power with a coup. Now, he wouldn't have a political party until 1979. And so, it's kind of run as a military government for that time period. So, Noriega is closely aligned with Omar Torrijos. And they're kind of a duo together. Trios is the more senior partner of the two, but Noriega is firmly on the Trios ticket. I see. So It's sort of like Harvey Specter, Mike Ross kind of thing. Oh, when you said senior partner, oh, yeah, it was yeah. hard, to, <laughs> yeah, hard to turn away from that. And as you're going to see, just like Mike Ross, Noriega is going to have some heavy involvement with illegal drugs later on. Mm. So... <laughs> Where's Lewis? <laughs> it's pee-in-a-cop time. So basically, Trios comes to power in 1968. America doesn't like this very much because Torrios is from the socialist wing of Panama. Again, when we're looking at developing nations, how much we can really put to ideology is pretty limited. When we talk about socialist nations, a lot of the time they're just talking about having trade deals that don't really favor Western nations that much. To carry out a socialist revolution in a country that is economically really poor is actually going to be really tough to do. And so... When we talk, use words like socialist, just know that we're talking on a really broad spectrum here and there's a lot of wiggle room when it comes to ideology. Mm Because at the end of the day, you're not bound to a kind of codified cause the same way that, say, Karl Marx wrote in Germany, but there are some trends. And Mm -hmm. Toreos was from the faction of Panamanian government that weren't on the side of the USA. And he kind of wanted to try to push Panama towards getting their own independence from America when it comes to the canal. And he actually pushed really hard. wouldn't be until Jimmy Carter that he actually secured independence for the Panama Canal. So America doesn't like Torrios very much. And so they kind of see Noriega as the, as the guy that could potentially get things done. Hmm. The situation gets better for America. when he's on their payroll. Exactly.
1: Hmm. Lucrative lucrative salary yeah. so far, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, a lot of leverage there. They can really <laughs> use to twist his arm. <laughs> what would be a, a dummy definition of socialism, Cam?
3: Yep, tax the wealth of the entire country and split it in a way that's more even. Okay. Communism is split it in a way that's entirely even. I see. And so communism is kind of an extreme form of socialism. Yeah. Now that we've said that, anyone listening on Reddit, in any of those political subreddits, is going to blow up with, that's, <laughs> that's, you're talking about Maoism, not Marxist-Leninism, like it's just going <laughs> to... But that, that, would tricky. Be, that would be my shorthand definition. Mm-hmm. And socialists was often used as kind of a smear word by America to talk about basically regimes that don't play ball with their government. So the Panama Canal is the, the point of interest. America doesn't really care how Panama splits its income evenly. It cares yeah. about the Panama Canal. Yeah. And because we're in the Cold War era, communist will be the kind of tagline that America runs mm. with.
4: Better dead than red.
3: Better dead <laughs> than red. And so, yes. And obviously there are extreme examples where you can't label someone a communist because clearly the money isn't being split entirely equitably. Mm. So then socialists would often be the slur. And mm-hmm. so you have people like Bernie Sanders who would call himself a democratic socialist. So he believes that socialism should be done through democratic means rather than kind of like a hostile revolution. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that actually probably more aligns with the term called social democracy rather than democratic socialism. I know, like mm. really splitting hairs here. <laughs> yeah. But it is important to spell out some of those differences. And at the end of the day, ideology is very flexible. No leader is truly ideological 100% of the time. They're bound by self-interest and often what's in a country's self-interest goes against what their ideology is. And so Manuel Noriega, essentially what happens is 1969, there's a counter coup attempt. We don't know for a fact that America was involved with this, but we strongly suspect that they are. The reason why we say this is that some of those who were involved with the coup met with American officials about five hours. So we've got documentation of them meeting with American officials about five hours before the coup took place. When the coup failed and it didn't work, they went to Florida. So we're like, mm. hmm, mm, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Want to clear their heads? <laughs> and he then became Mr. Worldwide. Was, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he was Cuba. But <laughs> so now, that been all around the world. and Ain't gonna lie, there's nothing like Miami's heat. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's
3: that's that's the evidence for the for the for the coup. It's not it's not as kind of clearly spelled out as say someone like Thomas Lumumba in the Congo, but it is. Pretty indicative that you, it's pretty hard to argue that America wasn't involved with that in any mm. way, shape, or form. The coup actually works out perfectly for America, though, because Noriega stays loyal to Torreos during the coup. And you might be thinking, wait, how does that help America? Because they want Noriega. Noriega's their guy, not Torreos. Because Noriega has stayed loyal throughout the coup, he gets a promotion. Mm. So he's chief of, of intelligence of the National Guard. That's basically security chief. Yeah, mm. And so... Huge promotion for Noriega. Think of the dynamic as being like between Grand Moth Tarkin and Darth Vader in Star Wars. So, yep, yep. Who, who really has the power? Mm. It's, Wait, so who's who though? So, Tarkin would be Tareos yeah, and Vader would yeah. be Noriega. Yeah. And he's... So, the CIA kind of like, okay, you get a pay rise for this. Mm. 20, just,
4: 20 bucks? <laughs>
3: not 20 bucks. 100 bucks. Not 100 bucks.
1: Is it like an actual reasonable amount of money? 100,000? Like it is a
3: hundred thousand dollars? So what's a oh, yoga with Ben. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> is that to the power of ten? I don't know. Like, what's that for a pay rise? It's quite a lot.
4: Ten to the ten, 10 to the 10 to,
3: ten to the five. Ten to the five. Wow. No. So big pay rise for Noriega, mm. and basically he's now in the big leagues. And he's meeting with CIA officials, and he actually meets with the CIA chiefs. And so. At, Basically, under each president, there's usually a new CIA chief. Noriega is in bed with all of them. Hmm. What he starts to do now is he actually starts to get involved in the illegal drug trade. And he has a drug for arms scheme where he basically, again, like this is 70s America. Sorry, this is 70s Latin America, I should say. The drug trade is booming and Panama is surrounded yeah. by areas that are heavily involved with the drug trade Mm. so what he starts doing is to kind of booster his own uh security and to increase his position within the panamanian government again it's not a party yet it doesn't become a party until 1979 but to increase his power within the leadership structure he starts trading drugs for arms and he starts actually again giving drugs to all these countries particularly colombia in exchange for them supplying him with arms, which then makes his soldiers stronger. His soldiers now have arms. They're loyal to him, and that secures up his position in the party. Wow. What sort of drugs is he moving?
1: Mainly cocaine. Okay. I don't know if he's got the Heisenberg the, blue. Uh, the, uh, the devil's dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really correlate, like, people having guns as power. Is that wow. what's happening? So or, what you, no, yeah, like, please elaborate. Like, no, <laughs> not, uh, I get power is probably the wrong word, but, like... So, it's if what CNN gives... would say to try and take away our guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mm. Noriega yeah, gives oppressive
4: regime we live in in Australia, <laughs> where our guns are stolen from us.
1: So we us finish. Yeah. Noriega gives <laughs> the military guns. So they didn't have them already. So of course, the, of course, like... they have guns
3: already. But okay. as chief, as kind of uh, chief of the, of the national guard, yeah. he's the one that's ultimately responsible for like the allocation of resources. Yeah. And who gets what? And so if if you have more resources. Okay. A, more guns, yeah. everyone's more happy. Yeah. And you got to remember, for a country like Panama, they don't have a conveyor belt of factories producing guns like okay. we would in Australia. Or well, like they do in America. <laughs> like, yeah, we've, how smug was that last minute from us <laughs> we literally <laughs> condescended America <laughs> so hard?
4: Hey, uh, look, you know, we're, we can be critical of John Howard, but I do feel he got that right. You know, I, I'd i much prefer to live in a land of a lack of guns. Hot than
1: take. But this is the InfoWars Wars podcast <laughs> no but like I, I think my po- the point I was trying to make was so because his military now have more guns they're more loyal to him
3: yes yeah, so he's got he's got okay. more resources so again so they're better supplied they actually like if a military doesn't have have guns then it doesn't have power yeah. and so he's increased the individual power within each member of the military and again if you have more guns you can recruit more people into the military. So he's now got a uh, kind of, he's kind of spread his wings and he's got a scope of forces that are much greater and, and more powerful than what was there before. So in terms of loyalty, sorry, I should kind of probably misuse that word. Like, obviously the troops that were there were already loyal to him, but the amount of people that are loyal to him has now increased as he's got more guns and can increase the size of the military. Okay. And so he gets heavily involved in the drug trade. You just finished Breaking Bad. No spoilers, Ben. Hmm. Where would you rank it on favorite series of all time? Oh, have you seen Better Call Saul?
4: I'm watching it. I've seen season one. I think it's, I think it's probably probably the best probably the best I've seen. I think what? Breaking Bad would be my my favorite series of all time. Slower burn in parts, but mm. rewarded for it in seasons four and five.
1: Better than Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I know controversial, hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Gossip Girl.
3: This is such a white podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like this TV show. Do you like that TV show? Or yeah. I, like, I like Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad we should, cool. We should start a podcast where <laughs> we talk about TV shows. <laughs>
4: no, one, no one would think to do that. Well,
3: we <laughs> so, yeah, Noriega gets heavily involved in the drug trade and basically the CIA do know this. And this is where it gets really interesting. Mm. The CIA, the beacon of freedom, protecting freedom in the world, a known drug trafficker is on their payroll. Now, Richard Nixon... So Nixon was the only U.S. president to have resigned. So Watergate—that's mm. that's Nixon. Mm-hmm. So Nixon wants him off the payroll, and Nixon's like not so much out of like I, yeah, him having a vision of freedom for the world, and this being inconsistent with that, but more out of the fact that it's just probably a huge liability. It mm-hmm. could be what's the Todd? Is that his name in Breaking Bad? Yeah, like the the Matt Damon looking guy.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like psycho ruthless kind of guy yeah
3: yeah he's kind of their todd they're thinking okay and he could be a huge liability to us and we shouldn't have him on the payroll whatever information we're getting from him it's not worth the potential fallout that could come in full credit to richard nixon he got that one right and Mm. we're going to see what happened in the 80s that he from like a purely self-interest point of view he saw where the tide was going so he wants him off Watergate happens. Richard Nixon gets caught spying on the Democrats to try and blackmail them with information. And so he denies his involvement with this. The tapes come out. He clearly was involved. And so he steps down in disgrace. Up to the plate steps up a guy called Gerald Ford. most Probably the most forgettable president in American history. I did make a video mm. on him because he, was purely, he purely is so forgettable. He puts a guy to be the new director of the CIA. His name is George H.W. Bush. Wow.
4: Remember that. He, he might come in handy later. He, he might.
3: Not to be confused with George W. Oh, yeah. Mm. Say, so, the family guy won, that's George W. Mm. I mean, he's probably found yeah. a, so, a war against Iraq. <laughs>
4: so, George H.W. Bush in no way related to no, George he's, W. he's his dad. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. So, yeah, I thought he was like, yeah. I just got that so wrong.
1: Ben, the difference is the initial of their middle name, <laughs> being W. Mm, mm, no, I <laughs> and what, is,
4: what does the H stand for?
1: Herbert, I think. I think uh, he's George bit. Herbert Walker.
3: Yeah, could be. I could be wrong. Have you seen the Family Hallow. episode with Rush Limbaugh and how George is like Uncle
0: Rush? Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched that one recently.
3: <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. So George H. W. Bush, he like he, jumps into his arms. <laughs> yeah, there. he gets a lollipop. <laughs> uh, Mr. President, the hurricane's a crisis. You've got to come out. Go away. <laughs> so not that George Bush. The uh, much actually much more forgettable. A lot of people kind of forget he existed. He died in about 2018, I think, it was the year he died. So George H. W. Bush. He does end up becoming the president of America, and we'll come back to that point. Mm. But right now, he's the CIA director. And so George Bush keeps him on the payroll, and George Bush is, is more than happy to have Noriega on the payroll. He meets with Noriega. Remember that detail? So he actually physically meets with Noriega. But Where jo- did they meet? <laughs> Starbucks. <Denny's>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was say, Wendy's car park. <laughs> <laughs> and so... What ends up happening is Gerald Ford ends up losing the 1976 presidential election to Jimmy Carter. Not to be confused with Jimmy Carr. (laughs) Mm. And Jimmy Carter takes Noriega off of the payroll. And Jimmy Carter is... I mentioned this in the Golf Whitlam episode, how Jimmy Carter is loved by those outside of America because he's seen as like an anti-imperialist figure and he reduces the amount of American influence over a lot of these countries. So he apologizes to Australia for... America's involvement in getting rid of Gough Whitlam. Remember that from the Gough Whitlam episode? He says, never again will America
1: interfere. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, it's sort of. I
4: do of, remember. It's, it's an apology of sorts, right? Yeah. There's, yeah.
1: Diplomatically, and without throwing the sky out under the suggested bus. Suggested yeah. that America actually did interfere. When I, that was, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was just able, just able, was just able just
3: to infer that. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he. Like, one of the reasons i love loved him the rest of the world is because he takes, pulls back America's influence. And so he does that in Panama. He gives them control of the Panama Canal and he takes Noriega off of the payroll. He's like, we don't, need, we don't need him informing on Panama. We get no strategic bonus from gaining an understanding of what's going on in Panama. There's no moral need to know what Torios is doing with his government. And so he just kind of lets them go. Jimmy Carter, he's a one-term president, gets booted out. 1980, Ronald Reagan comes in mm. and Noriega is put back on the payroll. Wow. He's about to get another pay rise. Oh my gosh. 1981.
1: Wait, so he got... Noriega off the payroll, but they were still able to use, and they were still able to use the canal. Fine. So
3: Jimmy Carter takes Noriega off of the payroll and he gives Panama control of the canal. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yep. So, not- so
4: they just use it how everyone else uses it, right, in the sense that they don't control it
3: anymore, but I assume other people can trade through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just pay tariffs or whatever. So, oh. yeah, basically, like, they don't get to, to police the canal. Sure. And they don't get to dictate which ships come in and out. Okay. And so, basically, 1981, what happens is Torreos dies in a plane crash. Wow. That's a little bit sus. A, mm. Oh, no. Roberto Herrera, basically. Sounds,
4: sounds like a football player. He does. He,
1: like,
3: I thought that as well when I was doing, I made a video Roberto on Noyega. Roberto Herrera. Mm.
1: Oh, Watford, yeah, from Watford, Watford. Yeah. Had a great game <laughs> in the the Europa League final against Man United for Villarreal, maybe? Oh, yeah,
3: Boston. yeah. The one where De Gea missed the penalty. mm so, basically, he makes the allegation that Noriega and the CIA were both in on the assassination. And he's, he's calling it an assassination. Wow. Officially, it's not an assassination. It was a plane crash.
4: They, how did the plane go down? Do we know? Was yeah. it a...
3: Probably do. I haven't looked into it. Hmm.
1: That's a podcast special. Yeah. You got to pay us on Patreon to do an air crash
3: investigation <laughs> <Yeah>. special. Like, <laughs> <cool> <laughs> some of
1: notable people that have died on a plane...
4: I'm thinking really? like Munich Air Disaster, oh,
1: right? Yeah. That's good. Like oh, That's really sad, yeah. The football ones. Uh, John Denver. I think he died on the plane. You know, Country Roads, the guy that sings that song. Oh, yeah. really? Wow. Hmm. Oh, Maybe. You know. I could be wrong completely. He's <laughs> <Just laughs> taking a rather sad term. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the Democratic Revolutionary Party, that's kind of the party that Roberto Herrera was a part of, that becomes a party in 79. Noriega, you would think his next move would to be the leader of the party. And for him to step over, to step in, I should say, as the leader of the DPR or DRP, because in Spanish, it was kind of reordered in Mm. terms of the words. He doesn't do that. And he actually leads a military junta where he's officially not the head of state, but he really is the puppet master. Wow. Just
4: quickly, what do you mean when
3: you say junta? What exactly does that word mean? Small circle. So basically a junta, small group of people. That can exercise control over the civil process as well as the military process. And cause he's kind of head, so he's already kind of like chief of the National Guard. Mm. And so basically the National Guard becomes the government. Sure. But officially yeah. he's not the president. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we junta so Kind of like runs the show, but officially isn't kind of like de facto leader. Yeah. Yeah. And so he becomes the new leader of Panama. And so he gets a pay rise. Wow. He goes up to $200,000 oh. oh a He is just one deal
1: or no deal. No deal. He chose case number 26. What was the sign for when they took the deal?
3: Wasn't it like... Click the, the fingers? They Click the, the
1: fingers, f- yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Show me the money. The X is more... Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, that's well, cool. I
4: that it's, it's designed, so, you know, the, 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 the sign is more really fun to make, so people will turn down deals more.
1: Well, rarely... No one would ever take the deal I feel. Mm, yeah. It just... was very rare. People always would hedge their bets.
3: So for our foreign listeners, it's kind of a sad story. Our deal or no deal host has basically came out. So he was one of the really ardent, like, male feminists. And Who was the host again? Andrew O'Keefe. Oh, uh, yeah. And, any like, there's kind of the running joke that any male that's really outspoken, that's over the age of 40 about feminism, kind of has skeletons in the closet that they're... Sure. And sure yeah. enough, came out that he was, um, yeah, guilty of domestic violence. Mm. And so, yeah, you did, you know, yeah. So the and, and whole Andrew O'Keefe thing is a whole, yeah, CIA saga itself. So you should look it up. It is really interesting, but also really sad. To get back to the story, Noriega is getting the VIP treatment now. So he gets welcomed to the White House as though he's the leader. He has a four hour lunch with the CIA director, William Casey. And what do you, reckon, get- what do you reckon they ate? I have always Five Guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: In and Out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know American brands like an American special. Yeah, mm. Taco Bell. Maybe t- <laughs>
0: <laughs> do some damage in the White American. House. Do some damage in the White House. <laughs> <toilets> <laughs> mm.
1: it's just like a club sandwich. I don't even know what a club sandwich is, <laughs> but I feel like that's what they would have had.
4: Sure, fair enough. Mm.
3: And so this is where the story gets really interesting.
0: slash
3: acast. So, the 80s was very different to present day. Mm. I don't know if you've ever watched... I don't know any 80s TV shows. I'm going to go with 90s TV shows here. <laughs> ever watched, like, Fresh Prince, Seinfeld, mm. even Friends. I'm not a huge Friends fan. Yeah. You just watch it and you're like... It's just much less I tense. I love Fresh Prince. Have you seen the remake? No, I haven't. I did not mind it.
4: So, you think you're implying... You're sort of implying that... Then if you go another decade back, it'd be even less <laughs> tense. Well, the Family yeah. like
3: Guy 80s episode where <laughs> Peter has to refall in love again with Lois would say very much say so. Look, my mm, my yeah. knowledge, knowledge of 80s pop culture is, is pretty horrendous. Perhaps one of the most notable differences that might surprise you, the New York Times was good. Wow.
1: Good in a they, ethical sense or good in a... It was just good content. Actually... Are, yeah, like both. Po- probably both. Like, yeah.
3: actually <laughs> uncovered stories of substance. Mm. Okay. They were the ones who broke the Noriega drug story. Wow. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, the CIA knew. But in 1986, it was the New York Times that basically revealed everything. And they, for whatever reason, mm. um, back then, actually did some really good reporting on the issue. How did they know? Yeah. I think they just kind of had... I, actually, I haven't looked into it but I'm guessing they had like undercover reporters that were there in Panama that kind mm. of knew about the, the deals. Either that or people from the CIA were now talking to the New York Times. One or the other.
2: Mm.
3: I can't re- precisely remember exactly how they found out, but they did. Interestingly, because Noriega comes from like, such a centralized country where, because he's run as like, kind of like a, a military junta dictator, he is of the opinion that Ronald Reagan has actually commissioned this article himself. And so, he's basically like, hey, you guys, like, your president has turned on me. Now, it is worth noting as well, Noriega, he wasn't just informing on Torrios. He was also informing on Fidel Castro in Cuba. Fidel. Mm-hmm. Fidel. Wow. <laughs> and Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua. Oh, my gosh. The, the cinematic universe is just... <laughs> <laughs> it's all just endgame right now. So, again our Kiribati listener hasn't come back or our Honduras listener hasn't come back from episode one. If you are there, we're giving you a second shout-out and mm. asking you to come back. <laughs> this is a whole Central American episode. but So that's kind of the function that Noriega serves. Noriega was playing both sides of it, though, and he was actually giving intel to Castro wow. and giving intel to Ortega. 4- 4D chess yeah. right now. Helping he'd, be, he'd
1: be good in a Survivor.
3: Yeah, yeah. so he helped Castro. So I don't know if you remember much about the economic embargo that was placed on Cuba, where basically America bullied a whole bunch of other countries into not importing particularly sugar from Cuba. So Cuba's economy kind of tanked it. A lot of people say Cuba tanked it because of communism. A lot of communist policies that I don't think particularly helped, but the embargo was the big reason why Cuba really struggled. And so he kind of helps Castro get around the embargo. He helps and he arms Daniel Ortega to fight off the rebels. And so basically when the news story breaks and when American public officials have to distance themselves from Noriega, Noriega kind of tries to negotiate here and he comes up with a counteroffer. So he goes to the CIA director, William Casey, and he basically says to him, hey, let's play ball. I will give you, I will help you assassinate Sandinistas. They were Ortega's men in Nicaragua. So enemies of America that America didn't want Mm -hmm. leading Nicaragua. I'll help you assassinate them. If we go back onto good books and you put me back on the payroll and we have Panama, Panamanian US relations remain relatively stable. America refuses. Mm. Now, no deal. You did Cold War history. Didn't you do Cold War in... in I did it. It was me. Do you remember the Iran-Contra affair? Does that ring
1: any bells? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I can. I mean, I can. You can picture the kind of the subtitle of like you've got... (laughs) you know, Cuban missile crisis, <laughs> space race, and... Star Wars. You can see
0: the syllabus. Point and 10. the
1: Iran-Contra affair was the one at the end that you didn't really... Study that much? Nah, no. Nah.
3: So, long story short,
1: American Congress had
3: made a law where you couldn't ship to Iran. This was after Iran had their Shiite revolution and the new government was in. Ronald Reagan wanted to get around that by illegally trading weapons with them. After doing that, he would then use that to go and help arm... The Contras, which were a rebel group in Nicaragua, had to fight against Ortega's government. And so because of that, that was a huge issue for the CIA director, William Casey, because he's clearly broken Congress law in order to pull that deal off. And he's kind of left red-faced. There's another guy called Oliver North He's currently the president of the NRA, so to go full circle with guns. Mm -hmm. But he was on the National Security Council, and he was kind of one of the key people who negotiated. So he was one of Noriega's men, and he would do a lot of the facilitation with Noriega. And so two of Noriega's key allies, Oliver North and William Casey, are both caught red-handed and they're left red-faced. So Oliver North steps down from his position, and William Casey retires not long after the whole scandal breaks out. Probably, it took, it definitely took all of the North down. It was probably the main thing that took down William Casey as well. So, Noriega, he's left with no allies in America. 1988, Ronald Reagan's had his two terms and someone else is going to run for the Republican Party. His vice president, George H.W. Bush. Oh. Now, I don't know if you know much about the war on drugs. Well, I think, um
4: actually, when I was... Like I think it's it's still going on. When I was in the U.S., there were billboards everywhere against like fentanyl, which is the the big drug that they're that they're fighting against now. So yeah. it's uh it's it's still ongoing. The war has has not yeah. been won. Yes. Um, but I do remember that that the kind of it was quite a big part of his campaign, wasn't it? Yes, exactly.
3: But, but you know that part about George H.W. Bush, you know something about. No one knows anything about him. I'm very impressed. I think
4: it was. Yeah, I, I feel like I must have just read about or heard about the war on drugs at some point point in his name.
3: Yeah. So he, this is a key part of his campaign and he's kind of speaking at how he's going to escalate the war on drugs. Obviously, he's had contact with Noriega and he kept Noriega on the payroll in 1976. So he gets hit with a question while he's campaigning. Did you meet Manuel Noriega or not? Because we now know that he's a drug ward. And Bush's answer was no. Mm-hmm. We know that's a lie. And so eventually that gets found out and they're like, okay, you clearly did meet with him. Did you know he was a drug lord? His answer was no. And so the question is, so did the CIA not know something that Mm. the New York Times could find out? Mm. Lose, lose. Lose, lose. Also, at the same time, they did know. That's the whole reason Richard Nixon didn't want him on the payroll. And so clearly then American intelligence knew that he was a drug lord. Again, even if like leadership changed hands and a new director came in or new dire- sorry the old director left as bush came in they do hand over on their key people right. you think the CIA director is not going to be like just oh up- yeah
4: just sort of <laughs> upload it all to usb and, and
3: take the files <laughs> yeah. elsewhere like- files. <laughs> so clearly he knew and clearly he's caught lying about this it doesn't end bush's campaign and bush actually comes through he wins the 1988 election and he becomes the new president so he gets sworn in in 1989. In that transition period, Ronald Reagan basically says to Noriega, stand down and give up your shot at presidency or or we'll, we'll end it for you and we'll, we'll come and we'll kick you out. Noriega doesn't do that. So Reagan starts by sanctioning Noriega and putting a huge embargo on Noriega, much like it being done, done to Cuba.
4: Sorry, so why do they want Noriega out of power now?
3: Yes. Good question. So he's a double agent, mm. and he's, he's, he's loose loose lips sink ships, mm. mm-hmm. and he's spilled the beans to Castro yeah. and to Ortega. His campaign ending. You don't want to be seen anywhere near Noriega, yeah, because he's a known drug lord, and the CIA has been caught red-handed. And so, just kind of say face publicly, America really wants to push hard against Noriega. Mm. And so, again, for Bush, it was Bush's kind of kryptonite in his campaign. They thought that this could potentially end him, knowing that George Bush had given money to a known drug lord while also declaring war on drugs, and it kind of just showed how cynical the war on drugs actually was. Mm. And so, basically, Bush comes to power after all of this. Noriega doesn't step down, and, and the scene is set for Bush's first major invasion. Major, major invasion. <laughs> so, 1989, there are elections in Panama. Now, remember, Noriega's not an official political figure, so he's not the one on the ticket. What the CIA does is the CIA launders $10 million into the guy who's running against Noriega's guy. Mm-hmm. They know that Noriega is going to rig the elections, and he does, absolutely. So they kind of launder $10 million into Noriega's opponent, and what ends up happening is when it's becoming clear that Noriega's opponent is going to win, Noriega's military guys just start beating up any supporters. And Noriega basically declares, no, nah, this this election result was fraud mm. and this kind of this, this, this didn't happen and we need to kind of get back to stable government and stop the raffle rousing. Mm. So, so obviously, obviously, right, Noriega's not a fan of democracy and he doesn't mm. submit to democratic
1: reforms. What were America hoping would happen from that $10 million that Noriega wouldn't fight back?
3: That it would be so clear that Noriega would be left powerless. So if you think about like Trump right now, yeah. Because it was so paper thin between Trump and Biden, that's going to give Trump like some sense of legitimacy when he's talking about votes in Georgia and so forth that didn't quite go his way. If Trump lost all the key swing states and he lost on the electoral college quite convincingly to Joe Biden, it would be very clear that he just didn't accept the election. But Trump's argument isn't that democracy is bad, it's that hey, we didn't actually lose the election. We love democracy so much that we want to see the original votes be restored to their right and proper order. And so it's to make it so clear that Noriega's guy lost that basically it would completely expose him to the Panamanians as someone who completely subverted democracy. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. But instead it caused violence.
3: Yes. And this is where it gets really interesting So the U.S. obviously start messaging about how immoral this is. And fair enough. Like, it clearly didn't care at all about democracy. The issue was, this happened earlier. This happened back in 1984. (laughs) Noriega's guy lost by 4,000 votes back in 1984. And the CIA knew this, and they did nothing about it. They welcomed Noriega and welcomed Noriega's guy. He lost by 4,000 votes back in 1984, and the CIA did nothing. And again, like 4,000 votes... Admittedly, it's probably the margin in which Reese Maston won X Factor in twenty eleven. Like you're probably talking about
1: <laughs> that many votes. But I like it. yeah, so we could compare X X Factor voting to uh the voting of a leader for a country, and that's the margins. That's, that's <laughs> Reese Maston <laughs> did Fastin lead us through. Yeah. <laughs> who came second? Johnny? No, Johnny came third. It was a guy called yeah. Andrew
3: who looks like Peter Griffin who was in Ronan Keating's team. Yeah. Game. yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow, I haven't lost it. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, America's, they've known... Again, why do they say they launder $10 million knowing that it would be a fraudulent election? Because Panama's done it before. And they didn't protest last time. They actually welcomed Noriega's guy last time. So what's happened is in those five years, they've now flipped on Noriega, and they've wanted to get rid of Noriega. So, basically, this put Noriega in a very awkward situation. And Panama, what what their parliament does is they say we are in a state of war with America. They don't declare oh. war. That's not the same thing. It's not saying because of this we declare war with you. They say because you've laundered ten million dollars against into a, into a political party, we are clearly already at a state of war that you have started, and that's the kind of language that they frame it with.
4: Mm.
3: Now, American soldiers are already in Panama. They're not fighting, but again. They controlled the canal. Part of the withdrawal deal was that American, troopers, American troops remain. Again, there's American troops in Japan to this day on the back of World War II. There's American troops mm. in Germany to this day on the back of World War II. When America withdraws, they never truly withdraw. And so troops still remain on the grounds in Panama. I'm going to fast forward. The, the chronology is important here. We're going to fast forward to December of 1989. What happens is a soldier from America gets shot by a Panamanian soldier. Mm. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? I actually have only seen one and I think fell asleep. Oh, that's tough. There's a scene where
4: they're kind of, they're all getting ready to fight and then some guy accidentally lets go of his arrow and it kills mm. someone and then interrupts. <laughs> erupts. Is that, is that sort of what we're looking at here? Does
3: this kind of... Pretty much. So America's, according to America, the soldier was unprovoked mm-hmm. and the soldier died um, from an unprovoked conflict. According to Panama, basically, the soldier went up a driveway. He was instructed not to go up. He was drunk and he was uh, annoying the Panamanian soldiers and kind of gave the appearance that he could be violent towards Panamanian soldiers. Who's true? No idea. But those are the conflicting stories about it. So, as a result of this, Bush then goes and declares war on Panama. And he goes ahead and he invades Panama in 1989. The operation... I love that. Like, I I love the name of of, of operations. Mm-hmm. It's called Operation Just Cause. Mm. Just cause. <laughs> it does sound a little insecure, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's like it's, cool either, it's either that. Or why not? I think it's like it's like just cause or like Jake said, just cause. Like just cause. Why not? <laughs> just dance. <laughs> Operation Just Dance.
1: <laughs>
3: and so. America, obviously, <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> obviously, America wins Operation Just Cause. US military versus Panamanian military. Who's going to win? Of course, the Americans do. So you can actually play this game, this mission on Black Ops 2. So Operation Just Cause, it's a mission mm-hmm. you can do on, on on Black Ops 2. And so American soldiers basically raided Panama. They actually went in and let a lot of prisoners go. So, they kind of, like, raided the jails as kind of an act of liberation. They hunted down Noriega went looking for him. They raided the embassy of the Nicaraguan ambassador. And, again, embassies are supposed to be sacrosanct. Mm. That's, like, untouchable. Mm. I guess the whole reason they were so filthy with Iran back when they had the revolution was because the American embassy was... Yeah, I watched, um, I watched
4: Argo. Oh, did you? On, my pl- on the plane home.
3: Yeah. That was, that was
4: really compelling. Yeah. Know, the story of, what, the Iran... Yes. Um,
3: yeah. Embassy being raided. So you've clearly got like America, they're, they're kind of keeping pretty inconsistent standards here. They can't get Noriega. And Noriega kind of flees and they, they actually don't get him. According to America, 200 Panamanians were killed in the operation. According to the Central American Human Rights Watch, 3,000 Panamanians mm. were killed in the operation. Again, who's true? I don't know. I'm just going to put the two figures out there and kind oh. of, but it wasn't... They weren't Panamanian figures. That was an organization outside of... Yes. Sorry. Again, largely made up of people that have a political bias towards... Think about, like, Nicaragua and Cuba. Sure. So, have- still
4: potentially an anti-American yes, kind of... Yes, that view them meaning. as kind of colonial overlords. Yeah. That's right.
3: Yeah. So, those are the two figures. who was right? Win and know. But what happened was Noriega then fled to the Vatican Embassy mm. in Panama. Uh,
4: Does Vatican have an embassy? Yes. Oh, that's great. In every yeah. country. Have- <laughs>
3: maybe. I, I, I yeah. like it, Maybe I, the Pope can help him now. Maybe with some <laughs> Islamic countries that they don't get on well with, they might have like a consulate. Mm. But yeah, imagine they would have an embassy, particularly in Latin America, they'd have embassies everywhere because of how Catholic it is. So
4: Yeah, just it's just such a small place. Just like, anyway, play on. No, no, yeah. no. It's incredible. <laughs> just-
3: so... If, if America invades, so you can invade the Nicaraguan embassy, that's fine. But to <laughs> invade the Vatican embassy, that's a pretty clear statement. And again, think about Vatican's Western power, religious power, and America obviously knows because of kind of how Catholicism unifies the like entire entirety of Latin America and a lot of Africa and even a lot of Asia and a lot of Western Europe too. They know that if they raid the Vatican embassy, this could spell real trouble for them. And they can't actually go into the Vatican Embassy. So they've got to get Noriega out of the embassy mm. without going into the embassy. Real
4: Julian Assange. Gotta, draw not, him out. Could, yeah. gotta flush <laughs> him out.
3: <laughs> I'm thinking of the um what's the what's the celeb the Jeff the guy that keeps popping up in Family Guy as a celebrity? It's his name. He's the like old actor, he's Peter's arch rival, the mediocre celebrity that keeps popping up. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. You
1: know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Um Oh yeah. that's the J. James L. Brooks. J- yeah, No, that's not No, right. no, that's not right.
3: James it's James somebody. Anyway. James
1: Brooks? He played I think it's Brooks. He's in that movie White House Down, I think. Anyway, you got the scene where J- he gets lured with Ooh piece of
3: candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Oh uh, sure. So yes, yeah. I'm thinking that's one way they can get him out of mm. the Vatican Embassy. James Woods. James Woods, that's the one. Mm. James Woods High. It's named after him. Yeah. And basically they don't do the piece of candy thing. They play rock music at unbearably loud volumes to try and break him. If you were to l- <laughs> lure someone out of an embassy with a song, what would you go for?
4: Wow. Something that would like drive you to kind of mm. that you would rather just be
3: yeah. extradited and tried in a foreign country <laughs> yeah. than to listen when to it I'm, again.
1: When you said rock music, I straight away thought of like the opening. ACDC circle like early 2010s big bash intro TNT dynamite. But you know, if I were to lure someone out, I'm thinking bound for Botany Bay because it just suggests that you we need to go somewhere, you know. are you sure the kind of is my tin whistle there? I don't... Are you sure that
4: <laughs> wouldn't the but you wouldn't have a problem with those soothing tones, yeah. Sort of, it's a soothing, tone. Yeah. Yeah, but I it would be
1: like I like got to get up, I got to go, we're bound. <laughs> oh, no, <I> see. <laughs> yeah. So it's more like
4: you're, you're sort of hypnotized. Yeah, by yeah, the... yeah, yeah. Sure, mm.
1: it's a travel song.
4: I see. So you're like, well, I can't listen to this and not yeah. get up and seize today. Get a boat to America. Huh? Well,
1: to olding. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Patreon exclusive cover of South of Botany Bay by Py. For a dollar
1: 50 a month, forty yeah. cents a week. i can do
3: it. I'll do it. Tin whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Ben. Mm. I th-
4: i'm thinking like like cardi b wop i feel oh. would very quickly like i'd pre- i'd prefer just to be tried in america than yeah. to listen to that more than sort mm. of three times a day maybe like gucci gang by lil pump yeah.
1: <laughs> i have another song i'm just gonna say it and get your response david getter the song that he does the hamster dance. Hamster dance <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get my mind off Chipmunk. It's not Chipmunks song, but That'd then be, be, I was singing be, be, like, be, be, like be. then I started thinking about Alvin and the Chipmunks this and I'm like, well maybe is that's honor. another funny idea. We play an Alvin and the Chipmunks of any version of the song yeah. that we're playing. <laughs> right, you yeah. doing yeah. Alvin Chipmunks of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, the Patreon. Yeah, some good some good shouts there. They blast rock music and eventually Noriega is like, yep, yeah, all right, you got me, guys. Does it, do they have? <laughs> is there like a, a Spotify playlist somewhere of the songs yeah. they, I think they probably would. <laughs> um, no doubt, no doubt. We, like, we can look it up afterwards. <laughs> the CIA, Noriega's <laughs> nighttime mix. <laughs> <laughs> so the story, the gets, pace, the story yeah. gets better though. So. Lo fi
4: lo-fi beats to chill and get extradited too.
3: <laughs> Noriega mm-hmm. get, gets obviously sent to it, like they capture him, taken as a, as a, as a prisoner of war. To America. It is also worth noting that a lot of other Panamanians got arrested without actually facing any charges from the Panamanian government. So they, these were non-criminals that were arrested and taken by the U.S. government. Noriega is obviously the front line. He gets sent to America and gets tried in California. They obviously they can't get him on like murder charges in Panama because that's not their jurisdiction. Hmm. A Panamanian murders another Panamanian in Panama. Well, he can't be tried under American law. What he can be tried for is all the drug trafficking. Drugs. And Mm. basically how he's contributed to the drug problem in America. His argument is firstly of innocence, but he's also like furious. He's like, you hypocrites. Mm. You knew this about me and you paid me when you thought I was on your side to act the way I was acting. Now Mm. it's politically inconvenient for you to have me around. So now you're going to arrest me and make a bit of a statement. Why did Bush actually invade Panama is a very interesting question. The answer is, I don't know. There's a couple of theories out there that go beyond just just the just cause side of things. One of them is that as the Soviet Union's kind of collapsing in the early 90s, George Bush needs to kind of show that it's America who's running the show conclusively now. Mm-hmm. And again, America has had relatively an unsuccessful last 20 years of military intervention. We think of Vietnam and some cases of the American soldiers actually not being able to flex their muscle. This guy, it's clearly it's clearly the the guy who lifts versus the guy who plays athletics, <laughs> and they, and they 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 completely overrun Panama. And it's the theory is that this is kind of a show of Bush's strength to the rest of the world, and also at the same time trying to kind of cleanse himself of any link to Noriega because it was Bush who brought down Noriega. So Noriega, Noriega he ends up on drug trafficking charges. He then gets extradited to France mm. on similar charges. And then eventually gets sent home to Panama, and he dies in 2017. My favorite part of this story is he sues <laughs> Activision for defamation.
1: <laughs>
3: really? <laughs> not maybe not. De- I think not, not for, def- for using his likeness in an accurate way. I don't think it's technically yeah. defamation. So basically, he's you can play in Black Ops Two. Noriega's there, and you kind of see the drug, drug trafficking and the murderous side of things. Mm-hmm. His argument was that it was an accurate portrayal of of him. And so he sued Activision in an LA court for for misuse of, of character. How'd he how go? Did he win? No, he didn't. Oh. Um,
4: so.
3: Yeah. Damn, I was, I was almost rooting for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of like with the fall of John Barillaro. I guess the point where you just feel so sorry for the guy that you're like, yeah, I, I'm okay that he won $700,000 against Google. Like, <laughs> everything else is going wrong for him in his life. Yeah, I guess so. Just, just let him have this one. Mm, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't deserve it. But also, if you want to help our legal fund, if we do get sued by John (laughs) Marilow, you can do that for $1.50 on Patreon. But yeah, he ends up (laughs) suing Activision and it's unsuccessful and he dies in 2017. What do Panamanians think of Manuel Noriega? They're happy that he's gone. But most also recognize that America didn't do this for purposes of liberation. And so they're like, of course, he was an American chill until he wasn't an American chill. And they moved him, they got rid of him for their own purposes. But it was good that he went. And again, think about it. like He acted out of self-interest. He ran a drug trade. He was basically a murderous leader that rose to power looking out for self-interest rather than having a vision for the country. Potentially even got rid of the guy before him in Omar Rios.
4: I'm just trying to construct some, some Heisenberg-Noriega parallels <laughs> in my mind.
1: Has anyone else tried to sue Call of Duty? <laughs> That's a good question, yeah.
4: Potentially. We just, should we just... Let the podcast be dictated by who's just yeah. conveyed in Call of Duty. Like, which Isn't dictator Ibra- we go yeah. to next.
1: Isn't is... Ibrahimovic doing that with EA as well? What what, what would he sue them for? Like, like, use of his image and... Like, misrepresenting his image or just... Or just, like, he didn't have his permission. He's not seeing it. Come on.
3: Yeah. Come on. I, I, I expect better. Yeah. It might not be
1: Ibra. <laughs> I think there's a player, though, that was like... What are you doing?
3: Mm. Something I forgot to mention as well is there's compelling evidence to think that the shooting of the American soldier wasn't the catalyst for the invasion. Reason why is we have a report, we get this from the LA Times. So there's a report of a US soldier writing to his mum who said, I'm going on a dangerous mission in five days and I might not come home. This is two days before the shooting.
1: Oh. What's that
3: mission? that he might not have come home from in Panama. The other interesting mm. one is that basically a guy at a press conference, I can't remember what his rank, he was a reason, he wasn't the highest ranking US official, but he's kind of in that middle management mm. of the US Army. He said that they knew about it about four or five days. So asking, when did you know you are going to do Operation Just Cause? Four or five days before we invaded. The okay. shooting was three days before. I and see. when he's asked to elaborate on it, the higher ranking general says there'll be no further comment. Mm. So, there is reason and pretty compelling evidence to suspect that America was going to invade in spite rather than because of the shooting.
1: Mm. Wow. The I plot smell figures. a conspiracy.
3: Mm. I would love a TV series on this.
1: Yeah?
4: I, a... I
3: haven't watched Narcos. Have you watched Narcos? No. I think I've had yeah. my fill
4: with Breaking Bad and, <laughs> and drug I hear it's good. I might drug watch series, it. But... Vince Gilligan, you know, mm. might be looking for something to do. He could get back in the game.
3: Because and- he he housed Pablo Escobar. Uh, where, so Pablo Escobar basically took a temporary refuge in Panama. And he also, I think he received, was it about five, I think it was $5 million in payment from Pablo Escobar? So mm. this was Noriega. So this mm. is kind of how heavily involved in the drug trade that he was. Yeah, wow. I think it makes such an interesting. I don't know, I mean, I don't know, does he feature in. I've literally never seen an episode of Narcos. I don't know if he features. I think he would be a fantastic person to make a TV series about, and kind of looking at the drug empire under him.
1: There There you go, go. Netflix.
4: Yep. If you
3: want
1: an executive producer for (laughs) Noriega show, hit us
3: up. Yeah. So I really want to talk about detention now. So we might leave it there. But everyone who is on Patreon can keep watching and keep listening on the Patreon exclusive podcast. If you don't have Patreon, you can support us for just $1.50 a month and get access to our new exclusive Patreon podcast. Let's talk about detention. So there we have it. What do you think of Noriega? Get in touch with us on Twitter at Mr Mitchell History Podcast and consider supporting us on Patreon for just $1.50. You can get all sorts of bonuses such as access to the podcast Discord, a face reveal, your choice of imposter for the main channel, And of course, our other podcast and school memories. If you have a small business and you want to sponsor the pod at a really cheap rate, get in touch. We'd love to help you out.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS.